Hello, everyone, and welcome to You Are Beautiful. And if you didn't hear it today already, let me say it to you right now. You are, wait for it, beautiful. That's right. My name is Lawrence Zarian, but since we are going to be instant fast friends, you can call me LZ. On this podcast, some of my uh, closest friends from television, film, movies, influencers, designers, they're going to be here with me, with us, talking about how they feel, what makes them feel beautiful, and when they look in the mirror, what do they see? It's going to be a fun ride. Trust us, trust me, and let's have some fun. Hey, and by the way, let me say it again. You are beautiful. Hey, everybody. Happy Hump Day, and welcome to you are beautiful with Lauren Zarian. And it is hump day. And when I think of hump day, I think of the only person that helps me get my hump on is <laughs> Melissa Peterson. Hi, honey. Um, Fuck, how did that happen? I'm doing it one more time. No, I want that you to leave ready. that one in. I no, want no, that, that was horrible. My mom's maiden name is no. Peterson. <laughs> it works. And by the way, I don't want to lose my compliment, my, my hump day compliment. I know, but let me say this. I've known you, I think, five years. We met I a think longer. Family. Oh no, you know what? It is longer, but I've never called you Peterson ever. So no, why did haven't. that happen? Because it happens all the time. And truly, my mom's name is was Pam Peterson. She married Dave Peterman. It's a very Midwest thing. So I believe one year at the Hollywood Bowl, when I was hosting Sound of Music, they spelled my name wrong on the marquee. And I wouldn't let them change it because I thought it was so magnificent to like be so excited to be at the bowl. And it just said like Marissa Peterson. I'm like, I'll take it. I'll take it. I will tell you what I love about that when I do things and they introduce me as Gregory, my twin brother. And please welcome celebrated author, TV personality, lifestyle expert, and designer Gregory Zarian. <laughs> Is it hard to be a twin? You know what? I will say it's all that I know. It has probably been the biggest adventure I've ever had in my life. And what I've learned is through time, through therapy, through all of it, I have a best friend. I mm -hmm. have my go-to. He's like my right arm. And I don't know anything other than having Gregory. And what is fascinating to me about life is that people come into your life for a season, a reason, and a lifetime. I also believe in past lives. That is who mm -hmm. I am. And I believe that you meet those that you've met before and you pick up where you left off. And that, Melissa Peterman, is how okay. I've always felt about you. Always. I love that. I, I feel that way about you too. Again, because you, it was so comfortable right away. I was like, huh, I feel like I've known you forever. Was it Home and Family was the first time? We met in Home and Family. And for those of you that don't know, Home and Family had two incarnations. Mm -hmm. This was the second incarnation. We filmed on the Universal lot. It was on the Hallmark Channel. And it was just two hours of sunshine. And mm -hmm. we covered everything from food to fashion to beauty to a-list celebrities to everything under the sun that made you feel good and my favorite melissa peterman moment <sighs> was when we did the halloween show and you were one of cinderella's evil stepsisters that's one of my favorite pictures that comes up in my memories every <laughs> year you're a stepsister and what am i um a pig i was a pig and what was matt eisman i was one of the three little pigs he was the wolf Okay. And I was Matt Eisman's little pig. <laughs> in the picture though, you're not wearing your full costume. No, I'm I'm full costume. It's me and my full pig uh regalia. Oh <laughs> Maybe but I'm just so distracted by my horrid evil twin sister or stepsister. Um okay, but we're that, learning that, that dance. Fun? 
learning the dance. And then it was really hot out that day, wasn't it? I don't even remember. Sweating. Look at it. It's been a blur. I was sweating. I was sweating like a what? A pig, pig. A little pig, which you were in the little pigs. But that show, it was fun because as, as somebody like for when people, when, a, you know, if you're working on a TV show, you have something to promote and they ask you to go do something. Anytime they said home and family, everyone was like, absolutely. And we'll stay the whole two hours because you got to hang out with really great people. You got fed. You laughed. You maybe crafted. You got to, I mean, it was just lovely. And you had fun. And it was fun. With everything we've gone through in the almost two years with this, you know, this horrible pandemic, you know, you can take something that is handed to you, like we all were handed this pandemic, and you can live in the drama and the sadness, which there's a window of it, or you can regroup, recharge, restart. And that is why I wanted to do this podcast. I'm so glad you're doing it. Thank you. Everything that I believed changed. And I've always believed that beauty comes from the inside out. But with these last two years, we've all had this opportunity to really go deep and find out what is beautiful to us. Mm-hmm. And what we see through our eyes is beautiful, but other people might see something different. Mm-hmm. So let me just ask you this. What makes you feel beautiful in your life today? Well, you know, listening to you talk, I, I, I think that that definition changes and evolves throughout the years of your life. It's definitely different than when I was 30 and even 40, because I had a big birthday this year. I turned 50. So I think what makes me feel beautiful is when somebody that I love is looking at me with delight, with laughter. Like that makes me feel beautiful. Like when you see somebody that you really love and you've made them happy, that makes me feel beautiful. You know, we are in the entertainment business and that is it is just so clear that a lot of the entertainment business is about how you look. Mm-hmm. How has the way you've looked at yourself in the mirror changed and evolved over the decades? I think as we all get older, I hope, I wish we would do it younger. We all cut ourselves a little more slack. I've never quite felt like I fit into what Hollywood ever wanted. I'm six feet tall. There's been times I've been really, really thin. And there's been times I've been pregnant on TV. There's been times I've been all over in different weights and feelings about myself, but I never, I never relied on that. And and by the way, I, I know I'm kind of, I'm cute. I'm, I'm okay saying there's nothing wrong with being six feet tall. I loved it. I learned to embrace that and all that stuff. And junior high wasn't lovely, but I, I figured that out. I also love the fact that you can say I'm cute. And I think we all step away from self-expression of love because we think it sounds sort of like braggadocious or narcissistic or ego-driven, but own it. Well, you have to because we're in a business where I can sit in a room and they can legitimately talk about how I look in front of me. Um, <laughs> and you you're, know, like, so you're like, just so you know, I I'm can here. hear you. I can yeah. hear you. I realize, you know, I still have ears, yeah. but- <laughs> I think you have to. I, I always, but I will say, I never quite felt like I fit in and I never I never was going to rely on that. I knew that I could sometimes play that blonde bombshell because I was, yeah. you know, I, I could do that. I, I felt like my strength was funny and, and humor and being able to laugh at myself and being, I wanted to be the, the funny one. I didn't care how she looked. I wanted those lines. I wanted to be that person. And I felt like, you know, no matter how, whatever changes, when things start to fall, which that, I mean, I, I say start to fall, like they didn't already start in the middle. Like, I, I, I feel like I never had, mine were never up so high that I had to worry about where they were falling. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, I never, it was just sort of, you know, 
I, I don't, I don't quite get that. It's like, oh, fall. When was it? Mine was never there. So I always felt of myself as a character actor, which is funny because in the comedy world, if you ever think about even, and it's a, it's changed a lot, I hope, and has more to do with women. But if you look at like even improv groups from 20 years ago, it was like he had the fat guy, he had the gorgeous girl, and then he had sort of the funny girl. And she was funny because she looked a little different. And then you had, you know, um, the tall skinny guy, like they put together types and that was sort of that. And I don't think a lot of times when you were a cute girl who was also funny, they didn't know what to do with you. Like, oh my gosh, she's funny and she doesn't look funny and she's not funny looking. I think, you know, in the last 30 years, that's changed a bit. You know, when Bridesmaids, when they finally made the cover of Entertainment Weekly and said, women are funny, finally. And they were beautiful women and they were funny women. And it was okay to be, that still surprises you when I look back at Lucille Ball, who was a model. Carol Burnett was gorgeous. You know, Zickfield, Gilda Radner was beautiful. Yep. You know, there was never, I didn't quite understand that feeling that you couldn't be funny and still not be funny looking. So I'm off on a tangent, but what makes but me feel that, beautiful? But no, 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 no. But there's that <laughs> juxtaposition now of... I agree. You know, everybody has beauty. I've done makeovers for 25 years and I've never looked at a woman and thought what I didn't like first. Well, you're rare. <laughs> and I love that you're doing this podcast because hopefully you're going to reach a ton of people to think that way. Well, my mother was in the fashion business and I think, you know, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree. And I just, having an identical twin, I grew up being compared to someone. And, every, you know, like I'm, I'm here, people would be like, oh, Gregory's better looking, Gregory's this, Gregory's that. And so there was this sort of rivalry between the two of us. And I always thought, but there's something that I have that's different. I happen to be a twin, but my life isn't based on that. So I always look at what I liked the best in somebody else. And just to piggyback what you said, I love the fact that so many comedians and entertainers of all shapes, ages, and sizes are being celebrated. But on the flip side, if you go to Instagram, if you mm-hmm. go to Facebook, it is filter city and everybody mm-hmm. spends their time. I've been guilty of using a filter every now and then. More time. I just try to give people filtered glasses as I walk by. <laughs> that's what that's my new thing. But it's such a it's such a it's such a conflict. And I think there's such a a, a drastic difference of celebrate who you are. But I'm gonna but use this filter to give me the the Mediterranean glow. Right. I'm not good at filters. I mean, clearly I know how to use them, but I don't, I don't sweat that so much, but yes, I, it, it is a big fight. You feel like you get two steps forward, but then we're all, we all have to admit that we're all a little vain. And I think, you know, people are visual. And so you do think about that and let's not lie. We all, I, I I'm not going to lie to you when someone does my own, what does my hair and makeup for me and puts me in something that I would never do. It is powerful. You feel gorgeous. Like it does. And there's nothing wrong with that either, which is why I love what you do. There, it, it, there's something very simple about when you look good, you do feel good, but it's about how do you maintain that on your own without that? Like it's, there's something very powerful about having somebody like professional, like you putting you together and giving you that makeover. It does change you. You're, it changes the way you walk in a room, your shoulders, you just step. I mean, you, it completely, I can watch my posture change when somebody does my hair and makeup in a way that makes me feel like you dreamt bigger for me than I dreamt for myself this morning. Here's what's so interesting is, you know, I think a little glue and glitter goes a long way, you know, shoulders back, boobies up. And it is fun to put on all that stuff. Love it. Like I love the fact that the world is opening up again. I feel so sexy when I put on clothes now in a different way. But at the end of the day, we take all that off. You know, you take off the glue, you take off the glitter, you take off the makeup, you take off the clothing, which leads me to what do you feel is sexy about you? What makes you sexy? You know, because I always say, you know, a couture dress, 
one mm-hmm. event, one night, one person. You're couture. God made you unique and one of a kind. Well, I love what you just said earlier because it made me think of um, when you said there's no one, you can compare me to my brother and there's no one like me. This is what I think I've learned too is like, yes, there might be somebody younger. There might be somebody prettier. There might be somebody whatever, like, but there's, but she's not Melissa Peterman and she's not going to bring what I would bring to this role, to this love part. It. Like she's, yes, yeah, she's wonderful, but she's just not me and there's no one else like me. And if they didn't hire me, they'd they just wanted something different. And I got there pretty quickly early on, which I'm glad I did get to there pretty like, yes, she's wonderful. They're great, but they're not me. And they didn't want me this time. So that was just my one little thought. But what makes, what do I think is sexy? What makes yeah. me feel sexy or what makes? Give me both. When you look in the mirror, you're like, oh, that's sexy. I, I like that part of my aesthetic. I love my legs. I think love I have it. really great legs. I really do. What makes you feel sexy? One thing my mom told me, if you're going to show your legs, you don't show the top. You pick one or the other. So I like a little, a short dress, great boots, and my legs. Really? That makes me feel sexy. And is there a fabric that you can wear that you can wrap yourself up in that makes you feel really sexy? Just a big old bed sheet with a belt. (laughs) (laughs) Toga, toga, toga. Let's see. Honestly, I don't have that. It's comfort, but... No, it doesn't have to be silk. It could be a cute little sweatshirt mini dress. It could be anything. That can still be my go-to like, oh my gosh, Melissa, you're a hundred. What are you going to wear? And I'm like, I can still count on like, well, I still got, I still got good legs, even though, you know, my knee clicks when I walk down the stair. Um, but <laughs> They go in, but I'm good. I'm yeah, wearing a little I mean, they make heel. noise now when I stand up, but they're still good to look at. I always was happy about that in my worst, you know, spiral perm days. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Promise me. Cause I can see your face right now. Promise no judgments. I'm going to tell you something right now. Okay. When I was younger, I used to get a full perm Okay. and I used to have my hair pulled through the cap for highlights because I thought that was natural. Um, <laughs> and I, I didn't really know I was gay then, photo. or I didn't think I was gay then, or I didn't want to be gay then. And I'm sure a lot of straight men have done that as well. My dad got a perm. I could, oh. I have a vivid memory of my dad and he died it the same day. My mom would do the perm. My mom went over to the neighbors during some sort of processing of the perm. My dad stayed in front of me. His hair is curly and it's orange. And I'll Love never it. forget this man who's just such a wonderful, dignified man, the shriek in his voice of, Melissa, where's your mother? And she, I was like, she's over at Judy Puppies. Go get her. And his hair had just turned orange and curly. And there's a photo, there's a whole period of where he, the perm, my dad loved it, where he looks like Art Garfunkel in many of really? our family photos of I Simon and Garfunkel. It's I hilarious. used to use Sunnin. Remember Sunnin? Oh, I, I used Sunnin, which I don't know why. My hair was white. Yeah. And turned my hair orange. Okay. So my friend Bob King said to me years ago, you were born to be on TV. I wanted to be an actor. And when I was acting, I thought I had to be something. And then as soon as I started doing TV and was just myself, it felt so organic. And people loved it. It just, it just clicked. I feel the most comfortable and confident when that red light goes on. There's something about everything for me lines up and it's a little bit of a, um, I don't want to say uh, an elevated version of myself, but it's the most confident I feel. And then by nature, I'm pretty shy. I think a lot of that has to do with being a twin. I'm pretty shy by nature until I meet someone or until I meet someone like you where we pick up where we left off Mm -hmm. in life. How are you? What is the Melissa Peterman on camera versus the Melissa Peterman in life. I think people are often shocked that I'm so quiet in my real life. 
which right. I think is kind of normal for people that I, I I love being funny. I love being loud. I love every moment I'm out there doing, whether it's an acting job or a hosting job or being on 25 words or less or playing the games, I'm very extroverted. But the minute I'm done, I really kind of shut it down. My, my good friend, George always would call me the most extroverted loner she ever, she ever knew, which is because I love to give that much. And I truly love to interact with people that I, my recharging is I like to be at home. I love just being at my house. I like my husband still. I like my son. I like my dogs. I like to hang out. I'm quiet. I can zone out. I like, I need to zone and I'm super okay being by myself. Like if John was out of town or if I was going to be alone and people are like, oh, what are you going to do? And I'm like, everything and nothing. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I love being by myself. I'm never, lonely isn't being alone. Like I just truly love to putter around, maybe pot a plant, watch family ties. Like I just like to be quiet. I think people are surprised that I'm so quiet. So let me ask you this. Now that you say that you like your alone time, there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. What makes you and I love this term because I've been doing it more so than ever because of these last two years. What makes you stop and smell the roses more so now than you ever have? I think that the knowing that it could be gone tomorrow, which yeah. is, I hope, I don't mean that to be morbid, but I think the last two years, I think there's been a lot of loss for a lot of people and it doesn't mm -hmm. even have to be a person. It could be a loss of connection, a loss of contact, a loss of a lot of things, just knowing that tomorrow's not promised. And I know that we, we've heard that and it's been on Hallmark cards since we were kids, but and you're like, yeah, whatever. I'm young. I'm going to live forever. Everything's going to happen. So it's just sort of knowing it's not promised. And I love talking on the phone with my mom and dad more. Mm. I want to see them more. I like being with people more. So I think it's what made me stop and send, send the world. It just seen this enormous loss that everyone as a global that we've all felt. And I know people have lost family members and friends and and loved ones and they've also just lost jobs security connections Foundation. and i think just that feeling of loss which i'm still trying to like climb out of because i feel like we've all woken up since even before the pandemic it was just a very stressful divisive time and i just felt like every time you woke up you're like you already started your day kind of on the mid-level anxiety level and yeah. it's trying to like figure that out and i think what can take that temperature down or turn that sort of anxiety down is connection and stopping and just laughing game night, hanging with somebody laughing, just talking. Like, I feel like I've had moments where I've realized like, even just last night, a friend of mine came over and we were going to just walk down the street and grab a bite to eat. And we just sat in my living room with John, Peter, and me, and we talked for like half an hour and no one was on their phone. And the fact that I noticed that is weird. You know what I mean? And and I thought we need, I, that's those moments we need to happen more. <laughs> but we were all running around so fast and it didn't matter what business you were in. Everybody was always on the constant go. And then we had this global stop, shut down, everything stops. And because of the pandemic, I feel that we all had to be very, very specific on who we spent time with, who we brought back into our lives because there was that fear of potential COVID transmission. Mm -hmm. And I think with building those relationships again, because of us, us not being able to go out, you would FaceTime, you would Zoom, you would Skype, and you got to look at someone just one-on-one, -on -one, face to face, because we weren't distracted by the outside world. It was just so intimate. And that I love. And what I've done is slowly stepped away from those people that made the pandemic all about themselves. 
but how hard it was for them. Oh my God, I can't believe this. I can't believe that. And I would say, you know, the world's going through it together, but it was all about them. And I took a step back and I thought, oh my God, the veil has been lifted. This is actually who you are. Mm-hmm. I'm just a part of one of the many people, friends, fans in your life. And it's all about you. And how amazing to realize that and to shift the focus into people that listen, learn, share, repeat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think as we tiptoe back to normal, which I'm not sure it'll ever get completely the same way. I think some things are here to stay. That's a good thing. I think you sort of reevaluated who I want to spend time with, who I'm going to get on a plane to go see, who I'm going to put pants on to go out and hang out with. Like, I think those, the bar has been set a little higher of who you, what you want to do. And, and, you know, and for some people, I do worry that for some people who wanted excuses to um, insulate and not go anywhere, it's given them, I think it's going to be harder to get back out there a little bit. Like, I think there's some people that have embraced it a little too much in a way that, you know, I'm now, I don't want to go anywhere. The hardest thing for me, I, I missed hugging. Like I'm a hugger. Mm -hmm. Gregory and I would hug the woman at Starbucks. We would go to American airlines and hug beautiful Pam who met you before you. Like we hugged the world. And that was such an extension of our love for everybody. I'm very specific now on who I hug, who I- So you know if you get a hug from Lawrence, you are special. That's good. You are. It is good. Hug worthy. Am I hug worthy? (laughs) I don't know if I'm hug worthy. That's going to be the new thing. And when we're all out and about, were you hug worthy? Oh, they didn't hug me. Not hug worthy. I better work on myself. You know what somebody also taught me, which I love? Because everybody's friends. We're all friends. And my friend, Orly Shani, who was on Love and Family. She's the best. She's, I call her, I'm like, Orly, you're bomb diggity. If you don't know what that is, please look it up. Bomb I know what it is. Diggity, and then end it with a dot dot dot. She said, "You know, she was taught that it's broken down into categories. Now everybody's not friends because I was one of those people that would be like, we're friends, we're friends, we're friends.' There's your family that you're born mm-hmm. into. There's your family that you choose. There are work colleagues, mm-hmm. and there are acquaintances. Yep. And I thought that was just so fascinating because I've spent the last couple weeks." mentally putting everybody in their right space. And Mm -hmm. it's been so freeing because you're not all my friends. Great acquaintances. We love each other when we see each other. And you're somebody I work with. I mean, it's just been an interesting shift and a restart to where we step forward. Because I hate when people say, I can't wait to go back to normal. We're never going back to Mm -hmm. that. We're going forward into new. Yep. I agreed. This is intermission and, and act two is going to be, it's, it's not the same act one. It's going to be different. We're all in intermission. We got to go back and see what happens. It's not going to be back to the same. Do you feel a lot of pressure? Because I get asked this a lot. A lot of women uh, reach out to me and ask me questions about fashion and style and all of that. And then it goes under the umbrella of social media. Do you feel a lot of pressure with your presence on social media? I was just talking about this last night with my friend Peter. No, I, Peter Porte. Yeah, I love Peter Porte. I do too. He's one. He's of, such a good speaking guy. Speaking of, he's my friend, my one of my best friends. And the fact that he can sing, and he's hilarious and funny. And- I know, but he does this thing uh, at Rockwell. It's in mm-hmm. Hollywood. It's this great restaurant. Uh, so it's dinner, and they do these spoofs on musicals. And I remember thinking, "Oh, you're so good looking. Are you the MC?" And then what comes out of that mouth? He can sing like, like an angel. I mean, come on. And then he's smart. And then he's funny. 
And I know, but he has to have like hammer toes. I mean, there has to be, there has to be something because you can't be that perfect. Ah, oh, I'm still looking for it. I mean, I know his little foibles now. We've traveled together. We know each other pretty well. But yeah, he's pretty darn perfect. And you guys were talking about social media? We were. We were talking about it last night because he was who came over. We walked down the street and had a little bite to eat. And, you know, the pressure, there is sort of a pressure. But the thing is, I do my own. If people ever think I don't, clearly I do my own because it's not that polished. And 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 he does his own. My, I think it is, you definitely feel pressure. Like, should I post? I, I need to post. But I have gotten to a place where I don't post if I don't want to, if I don't feel like it. And, and that's okay. It's okay to be quiet for a few days. Like it's okay to not post. And frankly, I think people enjoy it when you're quiet. I mean, I get it. I'm much more delightful when I'm quiet, (laughs) but yes, there definitely is a pressure, but we were talking about how we don't really feel it because I used to feel it a little bit more of like, oh my gosh, I haven't said anything. And and people are saying stuff about this and they're saying stuff about that. I'm like, I didn't really want, I had nothing to say on it. Or sometimes I think sometimes in this world we're at where we, especially this last year where some things just felt too big for me to p- talk about on Instagram. Like there's right. some big stuff happening in this world and I, and I was working on it and dealing with it on my own. And I don't always feel like I need to discuss it in on Instagram or on Twitter with 240 characters. I mean, this is too big. I'm having these discussions with people I'm related to, and I don't need to have them with a stranger right now. You know what I mean? It can definitely be a trap. Mm-hmm. In the entertainment business, we can also use it to share thoughts and opinions, uh, feelings of encouragement. Where I get stuck is I feel bad for all these kids around the world that are using social media and comparing themselves to mm-hmm. other people, and then it makes them feel less than. I didn't grow up with that. I, I, I mean, literally, I think I had a pager, and then <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't. And I have a 15 year old son, and I worry about him and I and his friends, and I watch them, and I, I worry about. In some ways, they're so much more savvy than I was, and much more. They seem to know much. They know things that I would never have discovered till I was much older, which is good and bad. But I worry about the, the social media. It's all about the likes you get and and you're looking for a stranger's approval. And I, I we try to have that discussion with him. I mean, I'm the one who's like, I pay for your phone. I can yeah. look at anything <laughs> I want. And when you say stuff like it's my phone, I'm like, uh, don't think so. You can't drive or vote. And I bought your phone. And if you look up, that's a roof mm-hmm. and you're living under my roof. That's right. But I do worry about it because I think about the, it's already hard enough to be a teenager when you're trying to figure out who you are and, and you're worried about what people think of you all the time. And then to have a a medium where they can, people can say nice things about you. They can bully you. They can be mean. It's just another medium. It's another window or a way for ugly ickiness to get into your home. That little thing you're holding in your hand is just another portal where like ickiness can come into your life. And I go, you got to be really careful about it. And this was a couple of years ago. He wanted an Instagram and I was like, no. And then he, I said he was, I think it was, maybe he was 13 or 14. And I said, you can, if it's set to private, it's just your friends. And he broke that rule and I took it off his phone. Good for you. And he didn't do anything really bad. It was like, he let somebody be a friend who wasn't clearly someone he knew. And I said, Riley, go, anyone can take a picture of, they can go to my Facebook and get a picture of me and say that you're their mom's friend. I go, it's the constant, you know, letting them know like, 
nothing in this is real. None of that is real. And my motto is always like, never put anything out there that me, grandma, and a future employer couldn't read. It's just such a dangerous thing. I said, the best thing, Riley, at this point in your life is if you, I don't care if you want to look at TikTok, I just kind of don't want you to be on it. And I can just, and I can threaten him if if he tries to, it's like, if you do, if you get on it, I will. And then that'll mortify you. That'll scare you to death. My nephew's 13, Alexander, and Christian is 11. And to see some of the things that they're posting now, it's heartbreaking because you're missing, and I said, Alexander, you're missing what it's like to be 13. Because I remember when I was younger and I couldn't wait to get older. And then I realized, I would say in my mid thirties, oh wait, I've been wanting to get older too fast. And then you can't stop the clock. And why do you want to be somebody else when who you are is enough. Like you're perfect. You're beautiful. Celebrate where you're at in your life right now. You can't tell that to a teenager. They can't hear that yet. Nope. But Mm -mm. I remember though, but I remember when I was younger and somebody took the time. Here's what I love. I will find my partner. I've wanted to be a father for so long. And you know, God has plans for me that will Mm -hmm. happen when and if, but at home and family, you know, all the young producers called me dad or pop or papa. Because I loved the fact that I had something that they wanted to learn from. Mm -hmm. And I said to all of them, stop trying to be everything that's out there and just be yourself. And if one person connected to that and it just was something that was playing over and over in their head, then my job was done. It's that reminder. If you can be that person, we all need somebody. We all wish when we were younger. And I had a few of those that said something that stuck with me. And if you can be that person that says the right thing to that young person, which is you can be anything you want, you can do anything you want, or you are good at that. You are really good at that. If you can dare them to think about what's possible and you have to just keep saying it over and over again to people. But I definitely can tell you who told me that you are funny and you should be doing this. When I was in high school, I remember those people that said that and you were like, and it does switch with you go, that might be possible. So to continue to say that, you know, even though we, you know, it's hard, you don't know if you're going to get through to people. And I I think about the people that were kind to me in moments of where in this business that they reached out. I will never forget that. And we'll never forget the first time, you know, you get fired and somebody calls you and says, everyone gets fired and they get recast. This all happens. So guess what? I'll do that too. And it's about learning from that person that did it for you. And you just continue to do it for other people. And hopefully I love to think that if I never get another job on another TV show, that I truly believe in my heart that there would never be anyone on, on a crew or anyone who ever came on that set that would say I wasn't welcoming or kind or respectful. Love it. Love and that it. to me is better than any other job I would ever get. And I say this and I realized now someone's going to come out of the woodwork and go, ah, oh, she once threw coffee on the floor. Like what? that never <laughs> happened. But, um, I just think that that's a legacy of like, and I think about the young cast members on Baby Daddy, who you met several times at Home and yeah, Family, yeah. like Chelsea yeah. and Derek and yeah. Taj and, and John Luke. And, and I like to think, and they've, they've told me, so I, I think it's okay to think that I was the leader on that set because I was the older person. And I sort of made sure that they understood, you know, you this is how you treat a guest star. Make sure they're welcome. This is how we do it for our crew. This is how Love we it. do it. And I'm sure Love they're it. all going to have their own TV shows. And I hope that then they become the people that are like, this is how you treat everybody. This is how we run a set here. This is it. We want this set to be the set that everyone wants to come on because it is warm, welcoming, respectful, and everyone's appreciated. Do you feel this? Gregory and I, my twin brother, Gregory and I always say this. We are never the best. We're good at what we do, but we are the nicest, kindest people because our parents taught us to say please, to say thank you. And we look at it all as 
you invited us into your home and we are so thankful to be here. Mm -hmm. And whenever, just like what you're saying, whenever people think of Melissa Peterman, there's your history as a person versus the talent. And I think those are Mm -hmm. two fundamentally different Different relationships that people have with you. And, you know, when it comes to Christian and Alexander from the day both of them were born, from crawling to running to holding them in my arms, I'd always say, okay, come here, give Uncle Lawrence a hug. And they'd run into my arms and then I'd hold them and I'd rub their backs and I'd say, okay, sweetheart, to both of them separately. When I get to number one, that's when we stop. So I'd hug them and I'd be like, 10, nine, eight. And then I'd get to two and I'd be like, two, 13, 12. And then I'd, then I'd restart again. And then I'd say, okay, what am I going to say? And they'd say, say it, Uncle Lawrence. I'm like, I love you. You're amazing. And you can be anything you want to be. And then there'd be a beat. And then I'd say, and I need you to get a great job to keep Lawrence in the lifestyle that he was accustomed to. Take care of me in my, in my old age, please. I think that's beautiful. And that's the one thing, you know, and they come to me, they come to us in a special way that they wouldn't go to their parents. Of course, I, think there's a I have my place, mm-hmm. There's a place for all of that. So we were talking about people in our yes. lives. We're talking, you know, you were talking about Peter. So let me ask you this. Who is your ride or die? And why? Oh my gosh. I got a couple ride or dies. Give me a couple. I would say my friend Stina, who we went to college together. She is a stage manager at um, Peter, my sister, my friend Jim Lickscheidel, Jeff Fastner. A lot of these are college. I've known since I was 18. Really? Mm-hmm. My friend George Keller, who also I've known forever. My husband. I mean, he better, right? Yeah. I mean, could you imagine? <laughs> What's his name? Um, he's John in the other Brady. Movie. But I know Reba, I, I, we, we say that to each other too. Like, you know, I know I could call her at 5 a.m. and go, don't ask questions. I need $10,000 and a bottle of Jack Daniels. I know she'd give it to me. You know, like that's the kind of friend you need. And she'd write a song about it. And she'd it. write a song about it. <laughs> yeah. I feel lucky enough that I, I could keep going, I think. I, I feel like there's a lot of people that I know. I always say to people, like, you have friends in your life that love you enough to tell you the truth, that uplift you. But we'll tell you the truth. We'll still still say no to you. And I, I feel lucky I have a lot. I mean, I, I even think about like a, a Chelsea Kane. And then I have other, like I, we were talking about groups of people. Like I always put them in groups too, like my mom friends, like the ones that I've known since mm. Riley was in kindergarten. And now he's in high school and we've been tight. And then I've got my college friends. We call ourselves like the Mankato Mafia. We went to Mankato State, Minnesota, <laughs> and we're still so tight. Let me ask you this. In Minnesota, mm-hmm. did you make a good hot dish? Oh gosh, for crying out loud, I get a tater tot hot dish. And you know what a hot dish is? You can just, it's just something with cream Anything and mushroom with soup. And, and cheese. you put it on top of cheese. Yeah. And chips. You but do you a little a potato uh, chip if you want to get fancy. And you do a little, a little microwave and bing, you're good to go. Bing. Hot dish. It's good. Delicious. Dish. You were talking about friends mm-hmm. and you name dropped one of my favorite people in the entire world, Reba McIntyre. Does he love you <laughs> like he loves me? Does it think of you? When he holds me, I mean, okay, first of all, it's the best video ever. Mm-hmm. You've got to go see the video, number one. Number two, I- Linda Davis, right? Let's, the I mean, come on, mm-hmm. if we're going to name drop, and the song was written by Billy Stritch. I you mean, welcome. it's pretty, it's pretty epic. Which, by the way, I think it's out there. I think she redid that song. Wasn't it Kelly Clarkson? Well, no, she's done it before, but I'm saying just this year, Reason, in a re- okay. but, like, there's been like- Another like reiteration of Does He Love You with Dolly, I believe. Can I ask you a big favor? If yeah. Reba does another, you just have to say, okay, I'm, what's your middle name? Margaret. I, Melissa Margaret Peterman Swear. Say I'm Melissa Margaret Peterman Swear. That I will tell Reba that if she ever does a music video again, Lawrence Zarian and I have to be in it. Go. 
that if Reba, that if you ever do another music video again, that Lawrence and I have to be in it. What makes her a good friend for you? Because you guys met on the set of Reba. Because she knows my faults and she loves me anyway. <laughs> Think about that. I mean, you love and celebrate me for who I am, period. Mm -hmm. And there's history there. She knows that I will always have her back. And she, I know she will always have my back. And we can tell each other anything and talk about anything. And it's that's where it ends and stays. We make each other laugh. I mean, she's wickedly funny. And she's fun to travel with. That's a thing. Really? All, not all of your friends are super fun to travel with. We yeah. can travel together. Easy peasy. For her, we need to know what time lunch is and where it's at. That's the only thing you need to know. And we have games. The rest of it can be whatever happens. I never got that far because the restraining order was for life. <laughs> So here's the thing. There was a show on TV on CMT called Crook and Chase, and I was their fashion guy. And it was such a great job. It was my first reoccurring gig. They'd fly me out once a week. I would do these makeovers and fashion segments and all of that. And Reba entered the house. You know when you have a dog at home and the dog hears the key in the door? They start shaking. They're so excited. I got so excited. I got so nervous. I got so uncomfortable. The executive producer had to say, look, we have to take you. Like we have to give you a cold they, shower and just have, have you lie to, down. I literally had to, she was very gracious about it. But whenever I think of her, I'm like, oh God, if I could do a redo. Well, you'll get to do it. She's one of my favorites. She's so wonderful and warm. Watch you have a little get together at your house. You invite <laughs> me, the door opens, slow-mo, close up on Reba, turning to the left, seeing my face, go to me, so excited, cut back to Reba. Lawrence, thanks for dropping by. And uh, we'll see I'm going to see her. I think I'm going to see her this week. So I'll I'll uh, I'll take her temperature about meeting me again and see what happens. Let me say this, and I've said this to you before. I think that you know there are people. Look, I've been in this business in one capacity for a while. What was great about Home and Family is you get to meet stars and you get to meet people that inspire you and move you. And I knew of you. And yes, we had met, but that was on the show that we could mm -hmm. really get to know each other better. And for me to be able to perform with you, to have some fun with you and get to know you is such a gift because the person that I saw on television is the person that you are now. And they're just people that I think leave indelible imprints on your heart. And you're one of those people because for someone like me, you looked at me, but you also saw me as a person. And to see someone makes them feel so validated and like they matter. So I want you to know that's the space that you hold in my heart. Well, that just makes my day. And I, I feel the same about you. And th isn't that what we all want? We want someone to see us and and then like us anyway. That, like I said, like you see us yes. for everything we are. Remember at Mark's wedding? Beautiful I remember you holding Mark's, my Mark's hand. Product. I don't know if you remember this, but we were watching I it. Do. And I was like, and again, just beginning to get to know each other, but just knowing that I feel so super safe and comfortable with you. I just mm -hmm. think that you also want the best. And here's the thing is you, you can tell them instantly if somebody wants someone to shine. And that's the beauty of when people, that's who I want to be around is when you look at somebody, you go like, I know that he wants me to look great, yes. to shine and look great in all aspects from inside and out. He wants me to shine. And that's who I want to hang out with. And that's what I felt about you is like, this guy wants like, and he, you, you understand that when we all shine, like when other people look, are shining, the whole thing looks better. Like there's so many people who are making these mistakes of like, well, why does this person get more, have more lines, more, more of this? And, and it's like, no, no, no. If, if everyone shines, you look better. 
we, you know what I mean? It's you, you want everyone to shine. So I think that's the gift that you give us, which is why I'm so glad you're doing this because thank you, you know, the world needs beautiful. We're all beautiful, right? We are all beautiful. And you know, there's that thing, you know, when you shoot for the moon, you reach the stars. And I love that because we all have our own sparkle and shine. So let's wrap it up this way. First of all, I want to say thank you. Number one, number two, answer this question for me. I'm Melissa Peterman and beautiful because I'm Melissa Peterman and beautiful because I love, does that count? It does. Because I love a lot Mm. of people and I'm not afraid to show it. I genuinely love you. I love you too. This was a wonderful way to start my morning for real. (laughs) 